There are different investment strategies that you can use to improve the return that you're getting from your investments. And that is what we're going through today. Hi, my name is James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox. Uh, welcome to today's video. And yes, that's right, we're gonna go through some really important strategies that you can apply to how you invest to improve the returns you're getting, to improve uh, the uh, how, um, how much those investments are aligned to what it is that you're doing and what you want to achieve from those investments. Okay, and then as part of that, we're going to then say, okay, so what are those techniques that we need to, uh, to, to incorporate into how we invest? And then based on that, how do we put our own investment strategy together? And then what are the kind of key rules that we need to be following uh, to make sure we're doing it in, in an effective way? Cool, so let's jump in. So first thing I wanna talk through is diversification. So diversification essentially is investing in different things, right? So if you put all your investment money into one thing, then if it goes up, then all your money goes up. But if it goes down, all your money goes down. Or if it goes to zero, all your money goes to zero, right? You know that saying, all eggs in one basket, you know, that's kind of the opposite of diversification. Diversification, the aim of it is you're putting money into different things so that if one thing goes down, your whole investment kind of pot or, you know, a more complicated way of saying it is portfolio. You know, all of the things that we're investing in isn't going to go down, right? Because they're in different things, right? We'll go into that in a little bit more detail. That's basically what it is. Second thing is asset allocation. Asset allocation is is what we're allocating, so what we're putting in each of the different assets. So an asset is like a different thing we can invest in. So for something to be an asset, we're essentially saying, uh, we're essentially saying that you're, it's something that you think you're expecting it's gonna bring you a return, a benefit from putting money into it, right? So you know, if I uh, put some money into the stock market and I'm expecting the stock market to go up, that's an asset. If I'm uh, lending money to hmm, the government and the government, uh, I'm expecting the government to kind of give me my money back plus some more for the privilege uh, in the future, then that's an asset as well, right? Real estate, property, that can kind of be both, right? That's why it's a super complicated, not complicated, but a controversial topic. Uh, if you invest in a property and you're expecting that money, that property to give you money kind of over the, over, over the future, like through rent, uh, or it's supposed to go up in value over time, right? And so you're gonna increase the amount of money you, you, um, you're worth as a result of having that property, then it's an asset. But if you buy a property and it's costing you money uh, every month uh, to maintain that property, the property may go down in value, right? Because of some kind of crash, then, then actually that property could be a liability, yeah? So, so a liability is like the opposite of an asset. An asset allocation is how you're allocating your money into each of these different types of investments. That's it, right? <coughs> Ratio, um, in its kind of purest sense, is one thing compared to another, right? So if I have uh, two blue chips and four green chips, then I have a two to four ratio of green to blue chips, yeah? Or a kind of a one to two green to blue chip ratio, right? Two to four, half that is one to two. 
So ratio from an investment point of view is the ratio of what money is in each of those different assets. So for example, if I have you know, hmm, 10,000 uh, pounds in some property, and then I have, I don't know, 5,000 pounds in uh, the stock market, as an example, then you know, there's 10,000 in property, 5,000 in the stock market, that's a 10 to five, or a two to one ratio of property or real estate to the stock market, two to one, right? So we'll come on to why that's important, but it's essentially kind of explaining the weighting between each of the different things that you have money in, okay? Because you might say, oh yeah, I've got money in stock market, in bonds, in gold, in property, in crypto, I might have money in all these different things, right? So I'm diversified, I'm in all these different things. But if the ratio is kind of like all over the place, right? Like I have like, hmm, you know, 10 pounds in the stock market, I've got like 100 pounds uh, in some kind of property related investment, and then I've got like 10,000 pounds in say Bitcoin, right? Well, I might say, yeah, I'm diversified, I've got lots of different things, but really the ratio there is like completely off. It's like 1,000 uh, Bitcoin to like one uh, property or stock market, yeah? So the ratio between what you're putting in, in is, uh, is important too. Okay. And then the last one I want to cover off is tax, right? So like, I mean, you can just say the word tax and everyone just kind of like snores. Like, yeah, tax, it's so boring. And yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of is boring. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a limit to how much I can kind of jazz up tax. Uh, but like, it's kind of interesting in a way, you know, you know, if you're good at it, if you're good at like understanding it uh, and like managing your money around it, then you can, you know, save money, right? I mean, that's kind of cool, yeah? So you can have like more money to spend on stuff you like. I mean, that's nice. <laughs> so, you know, tax in some ways is kind of a cool subject, right? Okay, no, it's not. I mean, it's like super boring. But, uh, but like, it's really important. <laughs> it's really important when it comes to investing because depending on what you invest in, and how you invest in it, how, like, when you invest in it, then, like, the tax implications of that can vary enormously. And the amount of tax you pay can vary enormously. Like, that's, that's like, a really big factor in, uh, in, like, what you do, in how you invest, but also, like, how you make your money, how you earn your money. Like, I just think this is a subject that, that a lot of people really don't, spend the kind of time like they need to, to to like make the most of it right they're just like yeah you know i've just got to pay taxes so i just you know i just pay whatever or like i just don't want to think about it i'm just gonna kind of do what i want to do and then find out what the tax implications of that later is and then you know and they just pay that i mean that's fine i get it um you know people don't want to do stuff that's like not that interesting um but but you know, if you think about it smartly from from a tax point of view, then then you can like reduce your taxes and then you know, uh, and then have more money to, to spend and do what you want and ultimately become financially free quicker, right? You know, if you're spending less money on taxes, then that's more money to build and accumulate in into to the kind of wealth we need to be financially free. Now, question I get back a lot is, 
oh yeah, but James, you know, you can't like try and reduce your tax, you can't like avoid tax, that's like immoral and bad and like naughty and, you know, I like giving money to the government because then I'm supporting the government and like, you know, that's the right thing to do as a British citizen uh, or whatever country you're from, yeah? I mean, like, I agree, you know, like, you got to pay taxes. I mean, you know, the government's there for a reason. You know, there's, like, all these awesome things that they do and provide to us. And, and like, you, I mean, they do that through you paying their taxes or you paying the taxes that you need to pay. Uh, like, I agree with that fundamentally, you know, that you, you don't want to be, like, not paying your taxes, like, um, uh, when you should be, yeah? And, and, like, it's the right thing to do, you know? I mean, there's a reason we have taxes. But... But also, how to explain this, right? So there's like all these different taxes and all these different ways in which you can invest and earn money and like just like behave, spend money, whatever. These all have impacts on the tax you need to pay. And the reason why it varies a lot is because the rules around tax kind of like vary a lot and there's a lot of like subtleties to it. And, you know, you could kind of shout at the government for saying, you know, it's super complicated, but, but you know, I mean, it's hard. It's hard being the government. It's hard setting taxes. So, you know, you know give them some credit. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, the reason they set taxes in a certain way is because they're trying to encourage certain behavior. Okay. So take the example of property. Taxes around property changes like, I mean, like multiple times a year. It's crazy especially at the moment because you know it's a real hot topic and they feel that property certainly in the UK where I live uh, is um, you know needs improving in like how it's like fundamentally operated now you may agree or disagree with that but the government certainly believes that and so as a result you know they set taxes to alter behavior so if they're gonna like increase the taxes on property okay on buying property or like the money you make from property, well that's kind of kind of like put people off property, right? Because you're going to make less money from it because you're going to pay more taxes. Equally, they you know they could do they could make you pay taxes in certain situations. So for example, if you're a first time buyer, if you like never owned a property, then there's like all these actual tax incentives. They they like reduce the taxes or, or like create little like benefits for you to help you buy that first property because the UK government want to make you, uh, you know, want to encourage you to buy that property. They think it is a good idea that like most people have their first property. Again, you may disagree with that, but that's how the government operates. Uh, but then if you've got like multiple properties, they've actually increased the tax there. You know, they put higher charges on, on buying multiple properties. They've, uh, they've uh, increased the taxes you're paying uh, effectively in the returns you're getting from multiple properties, right, uh, in certain situations. So they're trying to, like, discourage it, okay? So as an example, um, if you felt that the tax you were paying from property was, like, going up and you, say, moved your money, your investments, and you started to invest more in, like, other types of assets, like the stock market, gold, something like that, or bonds, rather than property, then that would have a tax implication, right? And you, you could, say, move your money to something else, there was less tax on it, right? So for example, an ISA in the UK is like a kind of a bracket where you, in this bracket, in this kind of, kind of like basket, you don't pay any tax on what's in it, right? I won't go into that in super detail, but, but as a result, you know, you're paying no tax, okay? Um, so what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say that, how, 
how you invest, how you come into a lot of things, impacts the amount of tax you pay. So if you if you think about tax, I know that can be hard. And uh, if you think about tax in like how you're behaving, then you can do it from a mindful place and hopefully reduce the amount of tax you pay. And that's not a bad thing, right? You know, like the government have done it to encourage certain behavior and to encourage you to do certain things to reduce your tax, right? Like that's the point of it. So, you know, it's not immoral and it's actually a good thing, right? You reduce the kind of money that you're, you're, you're ultimately paying in taxes and you're behaving more in line with how the government ideally would like you to behave. You might see that as a good or a bad thing. Okay, I'm moving on before we get into a super tax debate. Uh, I don't know you guys love to tax, so I'm going to do like like three videos just on tax. Only joking. I know, I know, you, I know you guys are not big fans of tax. Um, but but moving on, so we're going to go through like in a little bit more detail diversification. So diversification, like we talked about it, it's like putting money into different things, right? And and the idea of that is so that these different things hopefully go up or down in different situations and kind of like reduce your risk. Well, there's different ways we can do that. All right, I'm going to go through them, go through some examples, right? Right. So first way is different asset, asset, <laughs> different asses. No, I'm not saying asses. I'm saying assets, different asset classes. So you could put some money in stocks, the money in bonds, some money in property, diversify across. You could also diversify within an asset class. So let's say you invested in property, right? Uh, you could invest like all your property, say in London, okay? And like, you know, five years ago, that kind of could be cool because like property in London was doing like super well. But then, you know, in the last couple of years, like London's like not done very well. So flatline and recently it's actually gone down, not good all your properties in London, that might not be such a good idea. You might have a different strategy that might still work for you, but on just that specific area, like that could be bad. So if you invested in property in say like Liverpool, Manchester, Birmingham, London, then if one area went down, London, uh, but other areas went up, say like Liverpool, Manchester and Birmingham, then you know, you're still protected and overall uh, your money is going up. And that's what's happened. Liverpool, Manchester and Birmingham have gone up a huge amount recently, property-wise, but London hasn't. Okay, so a really good example of how diversification uh, can be super powerful, even within an asset class. Thirdly, geography. So I kind of already covered that with the property, but, um, you know, uh, uh, investing in diff <laughs> different assets within the class, okay, uh, like property. Geography is like different parts of the world. So you can invest in different parts of the UK, like, like I just said, or different countries. So you could buy property in other countries, say in the US, in like uh, Europe. Uh, that is an example. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that for property because property can be a bit complicated. And especially if you're doing it in another country, like it definitely works. I know people who do that. But if you're kind of getting started for investing, maybe don't invest in properties overseas as a warning. Um, but, but like say investing in say like the stock market, right? So investing in companies. So you could like have a fund, right? And this is a good example. So let's take the example of property again. You know, I mean, we, I, I've got this, uh, this basket of, of different uh, things in this basket. That's kind of like my fund, right? I might own this basket of properties, say, all over the world, okay? 
And then I could go out to people and I say, would you like to invest in my fund? Would you like to kind of give me a hundred pounds or a thousand pounds? And then what I do is I use that money to buy more stuff for my basket. Okay. In a very simple way, it's kind of like a way of um, buying into different things uh, without having to go out and do it, right? Without having to go out and buying properties in the US or Europe or elsewhere in, in the world, right? Uh, you can get somebody else to do it, right? And just take a piece of that, okay? I'll go into that in more detail in another video, but that's essentially what it is. Um, but what you can do is you can invest in things that are not just within what you know. So if you live in the UK and you're just investing in the UK, if the UK crashes, but the rest of the world does well, the US does well, China does well, um, that's going to suck because all your investments or a lot of your investments are going to go down because the UK economy has gone down. But if other economies have done well, um, but you've invested in those economies as well, as, as well in addition, then, then you diversified, you protected yourself against just one economy. Make sense? Good. Thought so. Next one is timeline, like timing. So, so like, let's say you had, I don't know, £10,000. You know, you, uh, you got an inheritance, you got £10,000. So, right, what am I going to do with £10,000? Uh, okay, so let's say I, I don't know, I, um, I put it in the stock market. Right? I put it in the stock market. And then like tomorrow, that stock, uh, that stock market could like half, it could like drop by 50%. Well, then my 10,000 pounds could drop down to 5,000 pounds. That'd be kind of annoying, wouldn't it? Uh, that'd be like really unlucky. I mean, it doesn't happen often. So um, that would be bad luck. But on the plus side, you could do like different timing, okay? So you get your 10,000 pounds, you say, right, like today I'm gonna put in 1,000 pounds. And then next month, I'm going to put in another £1,000. And then in two months' time, I'm going to put in another £1,000. And then in 10 months, you've invested your £10,000. And as a result, what happens is, you know, you're splitting out your money over time. So that, let's say tomorrow, the same situation happened, the, the stock market crashed, it halved. Well, only £1,000 has halved, right? It's gone from 1000 to 500 which is annoying. Yeah, it sucks. But then in the month's time, you put in your other £1,000, okay? But actually, the market's like super low now, kind of getting a bit of a discount, right? Uh, so now you're putting your £1,000 in, okay? And it might go up by, say, 20%, 30%. And then your money uh, is starting to go up, and then you put another £1,000 in a month's time. What you're doing is you're protecting from an event in a particular time and spreading it over a, uh, over a longer period of time, okay? So in summary, you can diversify in many different ways, different assets within uh, an asset. You can invest in like multiple different things within that asset. You can invest in different geographies, so not just in your own country, but in other countries. And then you can diversify across time, not just now, but you know every month or year. Okay, all right, makes sense, helpful? Good. <laughs> all right, I'm assuming it's helpful. Uh, if it isn't helpful, let me know in the comments. Say, this sucks. I don't want to know about this. I want to know about this, James. Tell me about this in future videos. And then I will do that. I will tell you about those things. Um, but on a serious note, um, please do let me know. If you like this video, please like it. Uh, if you think it's helpful, let me know in the comments. I really, really want to know uh, your feedback. And again, if there is some uh, specific content, some stuff you want to know, some questions that you have, let me know. Put it in the comments. Direct message me. And I will look to put those videos out for you in future videos. I'm doing this to make sure you, the person who's watching it, 
gets the most value from this video, right? So it makes sense for me to know what it is specifically that you want to know. Yeah? Okay. Help me help you. Yeah. <laughs> and then if there's any... <laughs> that is a bad, bad joke. Um, or oh, if you know of anyone that wants to know some stuff about this stuff and you think they might value watching this video or some other videos with my terrible jokes, then uh, share, that, share this video, share other videos and let them know about it. And uh, hey, they might learn something. They might find it interesting. They might be converted to investing. <gasps> okay, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. All right. So, right. So we talked about a few different things. Um, so, so then how do we take all those kind of things and then say, right, like, I mean, what are we, uh, what, what's going to be our investment plan? Well, you know, firstly, it's got to be relevant to you specifically. We talked about that in the previous video, you know, smarter investing, you know, what are the, what, what is it that we want specifically in our own life, right? Uh, like what are we working towards and how is investing going to best help us do that, right? Then we talked about a few different kind of techniques and strategies, okay, to invest better. All right, so like based on that, like how are we going to start putting together our investment approach, okay? Um, like well, I'm going to go through this in more detail in future videos, but like I'm going to start to get you thinking about these things. So firstly, which assets do you want to invest in? You know, which things do you do you like maybe know something about? Which feels safe for you, perhaps? Which fits your like risk appetite? Uh, the amount of time that you want to invest in what assets do you understand right or, or know how to invest in what's the split going to be between those assets is it going to be like 50 50 between two is it going to be like 33 33 33 between three 10 10 80 whatever you know like what's the split going to be between those things and then uh, are you going to invest like a whole load of money up front because you've got some inheritance in you're going to split it out over time are you earning money each each month and then saving it and then you want to invest that money each month perhaps to diversify across time and then how are you going to set it up like logistically right so you want to invest some stocks and property like how do you do that are you going to go are you going to go and invest in some specific stocks are you going to invest in a fund are you going to invest in a particular property you're going to invest through somebody through a company loads of different ways and I'm going to talk that, about that in more detail in future videos because like, a lot of you guys might just be thinking like, I literally just don't know how to invest. Like I see this all the time. They're like, it's like how do you even do it, right? I mean, what, like, do I just call somebody up? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's different ways, right? Um, so, you know, we'll go into some different examples and how you do it because like, I want to focus on the practicalities. I don't want to get super theoretical because then you're not going to have to take action, right? Uh, so, yeah. That's important. All right, so some key rules to follow as part of investing. First one is you want to build up a critical mass. So what do I mean by that? A critical mass uh, is at the point in which it, 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 it becomes powerful. It becomes, uh, it like has, it has uh, epicness. It's, it's epic at the point at that mass. <laughs> okay, what would I say is that uh, you want to accumulate wealth, build your wealth up to the point in which it is achieving what you want, which is usually, for most people, financial freedom. And the first level is what? Financial independence. How much money you need coming in to meet your obligations, how much, like your cost of living, okay? So usually the best way I advocate is build up a, a, a pot of money, like a certain amount of wealth that you can convert to, to, to uh, regular income each month 
uh, that means your cost of living. Okay, so that amount of money you need is kind of like your critical mass at that point. You know, it it it, it can it it can it grows more than than your your spending at your current cost of living, even if you didn't need to work. Okay, second thing, avoid heavy management fees. So you know, a super common way of of investing is like through a fund or through like a broker or some kind of intermediary. Right, it's just like somebody who's facilitating it because. You know, you can't just go out, say, and be like, oh, hey, Tim Cook, can I buy some Apple shares? He's, you know, the guy's busy, you know, you also don't have his direct dial. So, you know, you're going to have to do it through somebody. You have to, like, call somebody up or go on a website or something, like, through an intermediary. And those intermediaries, that person helping you, they're going to, like, charge you money, right? So those fees, those management fees, like, come in all different shapes and sizes. There's, like, transaction fees. There is fees to have it through some kind of website or organization. There might be like uh, huh, currency fees. There might be like holding fees, liquidity fees. They come in like loads of different words and they purposely make them super vague and confusing and hidden and in like terms and conditions. So, I mean, I could do a whole video on this, but all I want to say is that be careful around fees and, and like always check. If you go to invest, just think, like what are my fees as a result of what I need to do to invest in this thing and the way I'm investing, okay? Uh, and it's not often just that one number that they're like showing you. Usually what they do is they show you like a like super low number that's like really obvious and then like a whole load of other numbers like hidden, okay? It's a common tactic, okay? So just get, get clear on that, get like informed um, as part of investing, okay? Because reducing those fees means that that's less money that's disappearing and more money in your pocket, in your pot of money, and the quicker you can get to that critical mass. And uh, these fees often, like a common, a common issue I see is that people think, yeah, but like fees not very much, one, two, three percent, but like two percent fees is huge over the long run, right? If you're building wealth, that two percent now, it's like, yeah, whatever, but two percent, um, like coming out of your pot of money over like say 20, 30 years, is like thousands, ten, like hundreds of thousands of pounds for some people um, based on the numbers that they're building and they're, they're working towards, right? So like fees are important. You want to reduce those. And then thirdly, diversify. We talked about it loads, but like I really encourage that. Yeah, you know, there is certain arguments to, to focusing on thing, getting super informed and, and kind of investing in that one area. It's kind of like what you do often a lot of times with jobs, but even then, it can be dangerous. And I get having one thing that you're going to prioritize maybe or like focus on. That's fine. That's cool. But if you just put everything into that one area, it's super dangerous. And, and the reality is all assets, all asset classes at some point in time in it, previously, historically, have like epic fails. Okay. And often we just didn't see it coming and that usually is part of an epic fail right like if something crashes loads it's usually because we've not seen it coming <clears throat> because if we saw it coming then people would have come out of the market beforehand and it wouldn't have dropped so much okay so what i'm saying here is even if you think you know everything about that particular area um then believing that's always going to do well or even now like 100 percent is a dangerous way of thinking. Like definitely diversify, even you know, a small amount 
to protect yourself and give you that cushion in case something um, bad goes wrong. Okay. Next, don't lose money. Uh, you know, Warren Buffett, super famous for saying rule number one. Well, sorry, there's two rules. Rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget rule number two. <laughs> that was like super simple. I messed it up. <laughs> okay, if you didn't know already, rule number two is don't forget rule number one. All right, like, I mean, the point he's making here is that like don't lose money is really, really important. I know it sounds really obvious, but why he's making the point and why I'm making the point now is that losing money is easier than making money. Okay, so what I mean by that, this is a lesson that like most investors go through. I've definitely gone through it uh, because when you don't have any money or you're in debt or it's a small amount of money, then then you don't really care. You're just you're just trying to make you're trying to make the most money possible, and you can't really lose money or a substantial amount of money because you don't have money to lose. But as you build up that money and you get to ten, you know. 100,000, 500,000, a million pounds, whatever it is, then then that's a lot of money, right? And then you're, whatever you're investing in, that money could go down. And the more money you have, the more, the more money you can lose making a bad decision. And making a bad decision or losing money as a result of what you've done is like easier than making it. It's easier to lose it is to make it. That's, that's, I mean, that's kind of like the name of the game. That's um, it, you know, it's just 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 the way it works. Um, so I guess I'm trying to like help you learn the lesson without having to have experienced it uh, yourself. So as you build money, as you build wealth, just make sure like uh, is what I'm doing like um, like an effective way of investing, and is there any risk of me like losing money or like losing a lot of money? I always think, what's the risk? Is there a risk there? What's the risk? How likely is it? What can I do to to like mitigate that risk, to like make sure that risk doesn't exist, okay? It's just like really important. I definitely learned that mistake a couple of times. I lost a lot of money, it's very painful. And then I realized firsthand, yeah, it really is easy to lose money. And it's really annoying because it like, you know, I mean, it took me a lot of time and effort to, to make that money, right? And I lost it very easy. So, um, you know, now I make sure I don't get into those situations in the future. And I don't want you to be in that situation either, okay? So, moving on. Next one is asymmetrical risk reward. So what I mean by this is that it's not symmetrical, okay? Now, a common thing people tend to think around this subject is that, okay, I wanna make more money. I wanna get a higher reward, a higher return. Okay, so for me to do that, I need to take more risk on, because as I get a, more, a higher return, then I'm then inevitably I'm getting a higher risk as a result. Or if I'm lowering my risk, then what's happening is I'm going to like get a lower return. Now that kinda is true, and you see it, right? So like low risk investments tend to give a lower return. Higher risk uh, investments tend to uh, advocate a higher return so you know there is some truth there but it's not like direct it's not like you know if you get if you go from five percent return to a ten percent return irrespective of the investment you're going to double the risk that just that's just not true it just, that's not the way it works 
they're they're both subtle. There's a kind of like an indirect influence over each, right? So asymmetrical risk reward is the concept that you can increase the reward or increase the return and keep the risk the same, okay? Or you can reduce the risk, okay, and maintain your level of reward or return. Okay. The point there, and like there's like millions of different examples of this, okay? And I've seen it, like all the different things I invested in, like the returns I get from them, like very hugely over like the expected returns, historical returns, and the level of risk I'm taking on. Because the level of expected return is one influence over the like risk. Okay, so turn it another way. The expected return you get uh, is influenced. Okay, <laughs> I'm just not okay. Risk, okay, this concept of risk. One of the things that impact it is the amount of expected return on that thing that you're potentially investing in, okay? But there's a whole load of other things that impact the level of risk or perceived risk or real risk of this thing, okay? Like um, what political economy we're in, uh, which country we're in, um, how much you know about it, how informed you are, what specific investment it is, uh, you know, whether that market generally is doing well or doing badly, there's like a whole load of stuff, okay? It's not just expected return. So what I'm saying here is, don't just assume to get a higher return, you need to take higher risk, because if you have that assumption, if, and you pursue higher returns, you will inevitably get higher risk, because that's the way you see the world. But if you see the world like there is the ability to get a higher return and reduce your risk, you have that view, then when you go looking for investment opportunities, then you will find opportunities that have a higher return with a lower risk, okay? It's kind of like what you focus on, you find, right? Maybe not initially, but 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 being aware of that improves, improves what you find, okay? And then lastly, tax efficiency. Talked about it loads earlier on in the video, but super important, a really important rule to follow. Okay, so in summary, what have we gone through? We've gone through some really important investment strategies, things that you need to be thinking about to improve how you invest. We've then talked about then how you take all those considerations and start to think about how you're going to uh, put together your specific investment strategy, uh, investment plan, right? Like how you're going to take your money and invest it, what you're going to invest it in, how, over what period, and so on and so on, right? Using these considerations to make a plan for yourself specifically. And then finally, we talked about some of the rules that are like really important to follow to improve um, how well you invest. All right, so that's all for me. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, like it, comment, let me know, direct message me. Uh, if you want some specific videos, again, let me know. Let me know what specific content you want. If stuff wasn't clear in this video, let me know. I'll, um, I'll explain it more in detail either in a, in a future video or directly to your questions. Uh, again, if you think somebody you know would benefit from this, from this, um, from this video, uh, share it with them, share it on your page to, to your friends and so on, um, and spread the message because you know I wanna make sure that I'm adding as much value to, to you guys watching this video and to as many people as possible. All right, that's all for me. I hope you enjoyed this video. Take care, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.